0: Hello my beautiful beanies and welcome to The Bean, the weekend edition, first with yesterday's news. I am Glenn ZB. we're looking back at Sunday and Saturday. That's how weekends are made. Uh, So we've got the big benefit shake-up that happened on the 1st of April, uh, but it's not enough in the right places or something, so we'll try and figure out where those places are and what we can do. Uh, Jack doesn't play Wordle, he plays Wordle. He wants to tell you all about it, as people who play these things often do. Uh, Fair Go is having some kind of anniversary or something. And then uh, Maroki uh, is a a Kenyan Kiwi artist who's going on tour in Australia. That's how we'll finish the pod. But we'll start it with Ross Taylor, who's not going on tour with the Black Caps anymore because he's finishing. He's decided that the grand
1: climax to his career will be playing against the Netherlands. What an interesting decision. The only man to play over 100 games in all three formats for New Zealand but his contribution really lies well beyond the numbers because most of us, when we think about Ross Taylor, will remember certain moments or, or certain innings. His 290 against Australia in Perth, batting for nine and a half hours against Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, Mitchell Johnson and Nathan Lyon. His 181 knot out against England in that one day in Dunedin in 2018, batting basically for large parts of that innings on one leg. He came in at two for two, And took us to the winning target of 339 that day. Hitting the winning runs in the World Test Championship Final. Who better to have that honour? His calming influence and secure catching at first slip. His countless smashed sixes over Cow Corner. The way he dealt with being removed as Test Captain in 2012. By scoring 142 and 74 in his final test as skipper. To lead New Zealand to victory over Sri Lanka in Colombo. The Pukana celebration whenever he scored a 100 his generosity with fans and the media his faultless and continual Kiwi humility so a
0: piney absolutely in man love with uh, with Ross Taylor there as is uh, my executive producer Michael um, he really seems to capture the hearts of, of many sports fans Ross Taylor uh, it's quite weird actually. Oh, I don't know, maybe it's beautiful Sorry, I shouldn't call it weird, it's probably beautiful um, So yeah, farewell Ross Good luck against the Um. <laughs> uh, let's uh, c- bring it back home Oh well, not that we ever left home I don't know why I said that But uh, let's bring it back to uh, politics In a way uh, we- We've got uh, benefit increases For heaps of people But it's not enough, not enough here is what's this guy's name? Ricardo Menendez March. What is his name there? I don't know why his name is there. So, you've mentioned it's four years since the Welfare Expert Advisory Group published their recommendations. Have any of those recommendations been met this week?
2: No, and that is a tricky thing. Um, when the Welfare
0: Expert Advisory Group was released four years ago, the cost of living was very different. And so, we're in a tricky position where the government is sort of claiming, look, we finally dusted done this one key recommendation and all the researchers and actually also the communities on the ground who are struggling to get by are saying, we're, we're still struggling. Um, and uh, for many, uh, the 2018 suggestions are now being outstripped by the um, fast paced increases in rents and food in the supermarkets. So far more work needs to be done. Um, And unfortunately, it hasn't been one of those strong priorities for government, like overhauling the health care system, for example, which is something that the government is putting a lot of resources and energy into doing. I love it when politicians call things like the cost of living crisis a tricky position. It is quite a tricky position that we're in, isn't it? That's true. It's definitely true. Well well put, Ricardo Menendez March. Uh, we're having fun with words this morning, but we're not playing Wordle. Not if we're Jack Tame. No, he doesn't play that. He plays Wordle and wanted to explain
2: why. Yesterday's outline was kind of a circular shape. There were no straight borders or major geographic features, which is always a bit of a clue. I guessed Zimbabwe. Way off, said Wordle. Hmm, I thought. Maybe it's an island, but it definitely isn't volcanic in nature, so it can't be too far north. Aruba, I guessed. Ooh, close. St. Kitts and Nevis, closer still. Okay, what's 170 kilometres east of the British Virgin Islands? No cheating allowed. Boom. Anguilla, five guesses, worldle clocked for the day take that losers (laughs) no i don't follow trends i don't follow trends so when half of planet earth starts its day with wordle i start with worldle or at least i did that was until i was introduced to tradle ah yes tradle the daily game where you're presented with a country's dozen major exports by percentage. Hmm, I thought. What country exports almost $4 billion of refined petroleum, $3 billion in cars, and has a surprisingly large paper and cardboard export industry? I don't want to brag, but I got tradle in two. Finland, of course. The more I play tradle, the more I play worldle, the more I think, it's an awfully good thing I got a girlfriend before this trend kicked off. But then, you know me, I'm not one to follow trends. Honestly, you you'll have to take my wordle for it. Do you know what's happening right now? I don't know what's
0: happening right now. I don't know. I don't know what's happened to Jack Tame. Does he? Do we need to send help? What's going on? There's so many questions. I don't know where to begin. Uh, did he ever host Virgo? I don't know if he ever did. Uh, People Witzel also certainly did. What is behind
3: Vergo's longevity? Why is it such an important show to New Zealanders? I think, uh, well, I mean, it's part of our. Um... conversations, isn't it? I mean, the number of times you talk to people and something's gone wrong and they say, well, you should go to Fairgo, or I've thought about going to Fairgo, but I just think people love the idea of, you know, someone helping them go into battle, and we fight for the little guy and all of that sort of thing, and it just fits in so well with the Kiwi psyche, I think. Yeah, because society's changed so much, hasn't it? And we've got the digital age, we've got information at our fingertips, (laughs) but the show has stayed relevant. Well, thank you. (laughs) We try. I mean, I tell you what, it has changed so dramatically. I mean, I remember it wasn't long after I started at TVNZ and Faygo was celebrating 25 years and I thought, oh gosh, that's huge. That's such a milestone. I don't know where the last 20 years went but it feels like it's been the blink of an eye but when you think of all the changes we've experienced in that time, it's pretty phenomenal. But I think for everything that maybe... um, that, that technology comes into our lives and it aids us in a whole raft of ways. It also opens us up to a whole new raft of challenges. And so I think for us, just kind of, you know, moving and identifying what those are and, um, you know, getting skilled up and how we can help people navigate those things as well.
0: Something's happened. Um, so the, the reason Francesca was doing that interview is because it's Virgo's 45th anniversary. But that's not a thing, is it? let's make a big fuss about your 45th anniversary I mean don't get me wrong it's impressive and but it's like the other day news be made a big noise about our 35th anniversary again I mean even your 40th isn't it when did we start getting so excited about the half decade anniversaries I Something's happened. Some, again, not sure really what's going on. Um, luckily, some things are
2: back on, and uh, Maroki is touring Australia. Isn't that wonderful? How is it being on the road after such a crazy little period? What's it like going to a foreign place and performing shows to a live audience?
4: Oh man, it's so exciting! <laughs> we, well, me and the whole band, we so pumped up. We lost all of our shows in um, New Zealand <laughs> this summer, so it's so nice to actually be able to come, like, to go somewhere else and be able to play. It's and been great.
2: You're kind of on the tail end of the summer. I mean, I know I realise that in Australia, that's a bit warmer than it might be in New Zealand. But do you still feel yeah. like because your music's quite summery? Do you feel like it kind of fits the moment?
4: Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think. Um, People are kind of still eager to, like, kind of have their summer, you know. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. I think it's been a little bit different over here in Australia, but like, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like people want, still want to uh, at least reminisce on it.
2: <laughs> and 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 for you guys in the band being on the road, is there, um, you know, do you do you have kind of a built up? sense of excitement about being on the road and now that you're out there, it's kind of meeting your expectations or is it different to what you expected?
4: Oh, no, it's kind of like, it's pretty much the same, man. Like, the, the different part is like going out, you know, beso- like like not playing the shows, but like going for walks in like Melbourne and going for walks in, um, in, in Brisbane and the Gold Coast and all those kind of places that we've all never been. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the show itself, like, they're kind of just like, I don't know, it's just like any other show, and really. it feels the same. So
0: there you go, uh, Kenyan, Kiwi, uh, Moroki on the road after, what, what is this, this crazy little period? During this tricky position we find ourselves in? Um, we'll be back with some more excellent understatements Uh, in tomorrow's news talks with Dane. I will
1: see you then.